Greetings, groovers, seekers of sophistication, lovers of literature. How you doing? This is Resident 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous. And I'm Nick Hennigan with Literary London. Because uh, we're talking about things literally and London. Or more specifically, this time, we're talking about literary Wales, perhaps. Land of my fathers. Yes, because... Uh, we're celebrating, as we have done quite often on this programme, the life and times of the Welsh poet Dylan Thomas, because uh, this uh, 14th of May is International Dylan Thomas Day. Now, it's a thing that was started four years ago, I suppose. We covered it here on Resonance FM on Literary London, uh, and I've been fairly involved with Dylan Thomas along the way ever since the centenary arranged by Griff Rees-Jones who uh, also has a, lives in London, in Fitzrovia. If you go back through the old podcasts on the LondonLiteraryPodcrawl.com website page, you'll find I spent a lot of time talking to Griff, mainly in his kitchen, which is very nice too. But the 14th of May every year is International Dylan Thomas Day. There are events happening all over the world, but closer to home, I'm pleased to report that, uh, well, someone I now consider a friend, the actor uh, Guy Masterson, is going to be performing his version of Under Milkwood. It's a one-person version of Under Milkwood at the Wheatsheaf Pub on Rathbone Place in uh, London, in central London. Uh, if you want to know any more, then uh, either drop me a quick email at radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk or check out Guy Masterson's website uh, Theatre Tours International the details are on there if you'd like to come along um, that's on Tuesday the 14th of May celebrating International Dylan Thomas Day uh, and I thought for this programme because uh, by the way next week I'm actually going to be at the International Dylan Thomas Day Prize as a prize for new writing so I shall take my little electric handbag along to that and report back to you next time next week um, but uh, I thought you might uh, I thought we'd, we'd kind of throw in a few things Dylan Thomas now he was born in Wales Swansea in 1914 was our Dylan but he spent much of his working life uh, in London and in fact he met his wife Catelyn uh, at the Wheatsheaf pub on Rathbone Place, which, spookily and coincidentally, is not only where I start the London Literary Pub Crawl, it's where Guy Masterson is going to be performing under Milkwood on Dylan Thomas Day, 14th of May. Uh, uh, if you're kind of listening to this after the 14th of May, you've missed it, but don't worry. Don't cry. There'll be another one next year. And if you'd like to know any more about Dylan Thomas, then have a look at the website... Dis, uh, discoverdylanthomas.com and that's set up by Hannah Ellis who is Dylan's granddaughter and a lovely a lovely lady uh, in fact if you have a look at her she looks a little bit like him I mean she's far more beautiful of course but the hair look at the hair yeah, you'll see see what I mean you'll see what I mean um, so for the next half hour just kind of sit back if you know Dylan Thomas's poetry you're going to enjoy this if you don't I think you'll also enjoy it um, and although some of his poems are perhaps a little bit difficult to get into initially um, look at his prose because Dylan's a very funny man so I'm going to start off with Guy Masterson it's a version of um, one of the uh, stories that Dylan Thomas wrote and we'll start with the music that he had commissioned for the opening of his recording of Under Milkwood, and rather beautiful it is too. Oh, yes. Under 
August bank holiday. A tune on an ice cream cornet, a slap of sea and a tickle of sand, a fanfare of sunshades opening, a wince and whinny of bathers dancing into deceptive water, a tuck of dresses, a rolling of trousers, a compromise of paddlers, a sunburn of girls and a lark of boys, a silent hullabaloo of balloons. I remember the sea telling lies once, in a shell held to my ear for a whole harmonious, hollow minute, by a small wet girl in an enormous bathing suit marked Corporation Property. I remember sharing the last of my moist buns with a boy and a lion, tawny and savage, with cruel nails and capacious mouth, the little boy tore and devoured. Wild as seed cake, ferocious as a hearthrug, the depressed and verminous lion nibbled like a mouse at his half a bun and hiccuped in the sad dusk of his cage. I remember a man like an alderman or a bailiff, bowlered and collarless, with a bag of monkey nuts in his hand, crying, Ride em, cowboy, time and again, as he whirled in his chairplane, giddily above the upturned, laughing faces of the town girls bold as brass, and the boys with padded shoulders and shoes sharp as knives, and the monkey nuts flew through the air like salty hail. Children all day capered or squealed by the glazed or bashing sea, and the steam organ wheezed its waltzes in the threadbare playground and in the waste lot where the dodgems dodged behind the pickle factory, and mothers loudly warned their proud pink daughters or sons to put that jellyfish down, and fathers spread newspapers over their faces, and sand fleas hopped on the picnic lettuce, and someone had forgotten the salt. In those always radiant, rainless, lazily rowdy and sky-blue summers departed, I remember August Monday from the rising of the sun over the stained and royal town to the husky hushing of the roundabout music and the dousing of the naphtha jets in the seaside fair, from bubble and squeak to the last of the sandy sandwiches. There was no need that holiday morning for the sluggardly boys to be shouted down to breakfast, out of their jumbled beds they tumbled, scrambled into their rumpled clothes. Quickly at the bathroom basin they catlicked their hands and faces, but never forgot to run the water loud and long, as though they washed like colliers. In front of their cracked looking-glass bordered with cigarette cards, in their treasure-trove bedrooms they whisked a gap-tooth comb through their surly hair, and with shining cheeks and noses and tide-marked necks they took the stairs three at a time. But for all their scramble and scamper, clamour on the landing, cutlick and toothbrush flick, hair whisk and stair jump, their sisters were always there before them. Up with the lady lark, they had prinked and frizzed and hot ironed and smug in their blossoming dresses, ribboned for the sun, in gym shoes white as the blankoed snow, neat and silly with doilies and tomatoes, they helped in the higgledly kitchen. They were calm. They were virtuous, they had washed their necks, they did not romp or fidget, and only the smallest sister put out her tongue at the noisy boys. And the woman who lived next door came into the kitchen and said that her mother, an ancient uncertain body who wore a hat with cherries, was having one of her days, and had insisted that very holiday morning in carrying all the way to the tram stop a photograph album and the cut-glass football from the front room. 
This was the morning when father, mending one hole in the thermos flask, made three. When the sun declared war on the butter, and the butter ran. When dogs, with all the sweet-binned backyards to wag and sniff and bicker in, chased their tails in the jostling kitchen, worried sanchus, snapped at flies, writhed between legs, scratched among towels, <laughs> sat smiling on hampers. And if you could have listened at some of the open doors of some of the houses of the street, you might have heard... Uncle Owen says he can't find the bottle opener. As he looked under the hall stand, Willie's cut his finger. Got your spade? If someone doesn't kill that dog. Uncle Owen says, why should the bottle be under the hall stand? Never again, never again. I know I put the pepper somewhere. Willie's bleeding. Oh, look, there's a bootlace in my bucket. Come on, come on. Oh, let's have a look at the bootlace in your bucket. If I lay my hands on that dog, Uncle Owen's found the bottle opener. Willie's bleeding over the cheese. And all the trams that hissed like ganders took us all to the beautiful beach. There was cricket on the sand and sand in the sponge kick, sand flies in the watercress and foolish mulish, religious donkeys on the unwilling trot. Girls undressed in slipping tents of propriety. Under invisible umbrellas, stout ladies dressed for the male and immoral sea. Little naked navvies dug canals. Children with spades and no ambition built fleeting castles. Wispy young men outside the bathing huts whistled at substantial young women and dogs who desired thrown stones more than the bones of elephants. Recalcitrant uncles huddled over Luke Ale in the tiger-striped marquees. Mothers in black, like wobbling mountains, gasped under the discarded dresses of daughters who shrilly braved the goblin waves. And fathers, in the once-a-year sun, took fifty winks. Oh, think of all the fifty winks along the paper-bagged sand. Licorice all sorts and Welsh hearts were melting, and the sticks of rock that we all sucked were like barber's poles made of rhubarb. In the distance, surrounded by disappointed theoreticians and an ironmonger with a drum, a cross man on an orange box shouted that holidays were wrong, and the waves rolled in with rubber ducks and clocks upon them. I remember the patient, laborious and enamouring hobby or profession of burying relatives in the sand, I remember the princely pastime of pouring sand from cupped hands or buckets down collars and tops of dresses. The shriek, the shake, the slap. I can remember the boy by himself, the beachcombing lone wolf, hungrily waiting at the edge of family cricket, the friendless fielder, the boy uninvited to bat or to tea. I remember the smell of sea and seaweed, wet flesh, wet hair, wet bathing dresses, the warm smell as of a rabbity field after rain, the smell of pop and splash sunshades and toffee, the stable and straw smell of hot, tossed, tumbled, dug and trodden sand, the swill and gas lamp smell of Saturday night, though the sun shone strong, 
From the bellying beer tents, the smell of vinegar on shelled cockles, winkle smell, shrimp smell, the dripping, oily, backstreet winter smell of chips in newspapers, the smell of ships from the Sunday's docks round the corners of the sandhills, the smell of the known and paddled-in sea moving, full of the drowned and herrings, out and away and beyond and further still toward the Antipodes that hung their koala bears and maoris, kangaroos and boomerangs upside down off the backs of the stars and the noise of pummeling punch and Judy falling and a clock tolling or telling no time in the tenorless town now and again a bell from a lost tower or a train on the lines behind us clearing its throat and always the hopeless, ravenous swearing and pleading of the gulls. Donkey bray and hawker cry, harmonicas and toy trumpets, shouting and laughing and singing, hooting of tugs and tramps, the clip of the chair attendant's puncher, the motorboat coughing in the bay, and the same hymn and washing of the sea that was heard in the Bible. If he could only just, if he could only just, your lips said again and again as you scooped in the hop-hot sand. Dungeons, garages, torture chambers, train tunnels, arsenals, hangers for zeppelins, witches' kitchens, vampires' parlours, smugglers' cellars, trolls' grog shops, sewers, under a ponderous and crackling castle. If it could only just be like this forever and ever. Amen. August Monday, all over the earth, from the mumbles where the aunties grew like ladies on a seaside tree, to brown bear-hugging Hentyland and the turtled Ballantine Islands. Could donkeys go on the ice? Only if it got snowshoes. We snowshoed a meek, complaining donkey and galloped him off in the wake of the ten-foot-tall and atlas-muscled mounties, rifled and pemmicaned, who always, in the white gold-rush wastes, got their black-owed and bearded man. Are there donkeys on desert islands? Only sort of donkeys. What do you mean, sort of donkeys? Native donkeys. They hunt things on them. Sort of walruses and seals and things? Donkeys can't swim. Well, these donkeys come. They swim like whales. They swim like anything. They swim like liar. Liar yourself! And two small boys fought fiercely and silently in the sand, rolling together in a ball of legs and bottoms. Then they went and saw the Pierrots, or bought vanilla ices. Lolling or larrikin, that unsoiled, boiling beauty of a common day, great Gods, with their braces over their vests, sang, spat pips, puffed smoke at wasps, gulped and ogled, forgot the rent, embraced, posed for the dicky bird, were coarse, had rainbow-coloured armpits, winked, belched, blamed the radishes, looked at Ilfricum, played hymns on paper and comb, peeled bananas, scratched, found seaweed in the Panamas, blew up paper bags and banged them, wished for nothing. But over all the beautiful beach, I remember most the children playing, boys and girls tumbling, moving jewels who might never be happy again. And happy as a sandboy is as true as the heat of the sun. Dusk came down, or grew up out of the sands and the sea, or curled around us from the calling docks and the bloodily smoking sun.
The day was done, and the sands brushed and ruffled suddenly with a sea broom of cold wind, and we gathered together all the spades and buckets and towels, empty hampers and bottles, umbrellas and fish frails, bats and balls and knitting, and went, Oh, listen, Dad, to the fair in the dusk on the bald seaside field. Fairs were no good in the day. Then they were shoddy and tired. The voices of the hoopla girls were crimped as elocutionists. No cannonball could shake the roosting coconuts. The gondolas mechanically repeated their sober lurch. The wall of death was safe as a governor's cart. The wooden animals were waiting for the night. But in the night, the hoopla girls, like operatic crows, croaked at the coming moon. Whiz, whirl, and ten for a tanner. The coconuts rained from their sawdust like grouse from a highland sky. Tipsy, the griffin-proud gondolas weaved on dizzy rails. The wall of death was a spinning rim of ruin, and the neighing wooden horses took to a haunting hunting tune a thousand beaches brooks as easily and breezily as who swallows. Approaching at dusk the fair field from the beach, we scorched and gritty boys heard above the belabouring of the bathless sea the siren voices of the raucous horsey barkers. Roll up, roll up! In her tent and her rolls of flesh, the fattest woman in the world sat sewing her winter frock, another tent, and fixed her little eyes Black currants in blancmange on the skeletons who filed and sniggered by. Roll up, roll up, roll up to see the largest rat on earth, the rover or bonzo or vermin. Here scampered the world's smallest pony, like a Shetland shrew, and here the most intelligent fleas, trained, reined, bridled, and bitted, minutely cavorted in their glass corral. Round galleries and shies and stalls, pennies were burning holes in a hundred pockets. Pale young men, with larded hair and Valentino black side whiskers, fags stuck to their lower lips, squinted along their swivel-sighted rifles and aimed at ping-pong balls dancing on fountains. In knife-creased, silver-grey, skirt-like Oxford bags and sleeveless, scarlet, zip-fastened shirt with yellow horizontal stripes, a collier at the strength machine spat on his hands, raised the hammer, and brought it thawing down. The bell rang for Bliner. Outside his booth stood a bitten-eared and barn-door-chested pug, with a nose like a twisted swede, hair that started from his eyebrows, and three teeth, yellow as a camel's, inviting any sportsman to a sudden and sickening basting in the Sunday ring, or a quid if he lasts around. And wiry, cocky, coal-scarred, bow-legged, boozed sportsman by the dozen strutted in and reeled out, and still those three teeth remained, chipped and camel-yellow, in the bored, teak face. Draggled and stout-wanting mothers, with haphazard hats, hostile hat-pins, buns awry, bursting bags, and children at their skirts like pop-filled and jam-smeared limpets, screamed before the distorting mirrors at their suddenly tapering or tubular bodies and huge ballooning heads, and the children gaily bellowed at their own reflected bogies, withering and bulging in the glass. Old men, 
smelling of Milford Haven in the rain, shuffled, badgering and cadging round the edges of the swaggering crowd, their only wares, a handful of damp confetti. A daring dash of schoolboys, safely shoulder to shoulder, with their father's trilbies cocked at a desperate angle over one eye, winked at and whistled after the procession past the swings of two girls, arm in arm, always one pert and pretty, always one with glasses. Girls in skulled and crossbone tunnels shrieked and were comforted. Young men, heroic after pints, stood up on the flying chairplanes, tousled, crimson, and against the rules. Jaunty girls gave sailors sauce. All the fun of the fair in the hot, bubbling night, the man in the sand-yellow moon over the herdy of girdies, the swing-boats swimming to and fro like slices of the moon, dragons and hippogriffs at the prows of the gondolas breathing fire and Sousa, midnight roundabout riders tantivying under the fairy lights, huntsmen on billy-goats and zebras hallooing under a circle of glow-worms. And as we climbed home, up the gaslit hill toward the still homes over the mumbling bay, we heard the music die, and the voices drift like sand, and we saw the lights of the fair fade, and at the far end of the seaside field they lit their lamps one by one in the caravans. Now as I was young and easy under the apple boughs About the lilting house and happy as the grass was green The night above the dingle starry Time let me hail and climb Golden in the heydays of his eyes And honoured among wagons I was prince of the apple towns And once below a time I lordly had the trees and leaves Trail with daisies and barley down the rivers of the windfall light All the sun long it was running, it was lovely the hayfields high as the house, the tunes from the chimneys. It was air and playing, lovely and watery, and fire green as grass. And nightly under the simple stars, as I rode to sleep, the owls were bearing the farm away.
and honoured among foxes and pheasants by the gay house, under the new-made clouds, and happy as the heart was long, in the sun born over and over, I ran my heedless ways. My wishes raced through the house-high hay, and nothing I cared at my sky-blue trades that time allows in all his tuneful turning so few and such morning songs before the children green and golden follow him out of grace. Nothing I cared in the lamb-white days That time would take me up to the swallow-thronged loft By the shadow of my hand In the moon that is always rising Oh, as I was young and easy in the mercy of his means Time held me green and dying Though I sang in my chains like the sea. Beautiful stuff. That was our tribute to Dylan Thomas Day, International Dylan Thomas Day, which is uh, 
coming up on the 14th of May 2019. If you want to know more, get in touch, discover uh, discoverdylanthomas.com. You heard Debbie Wiseman's lovely music from the film A Poet in New York. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's excitement, love. Actually, exec produced by our own Griff Reese Jones. Uh, rather good it is, too. And then before that, Holiday Memories from Guy Masterson, who you can see performing under Milkwood, his unique award winning under Milkwood for one night only on the 14th. Uh, and that's at the Wheat Chief Pub on Rathbone Place in uh, Fitrovia, London, W1. If you'd like to know any more details or if there's any events happening, then uh, get in touch. Radio at Maverick Theatre is probably the easiest way to get through to me. Radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. Uh, and I'll see you next time. This is Resonance 104.4 FM. <laughs>